Welcome to my 7 Marketing Basics podcast. I'm Cindy Z, and I'm so glad you're here. I have a sweet offer for you. You can get my 7 Marketing Basics book for free. You only pay the shipping. It hit number one on Amazon in marketing for small business. Go to 7MarketingBasicsBook.com. Okay, stay with me now to find out how to use today's digital marketing to grow your business. Hey, Cindy Z here. Welcome. I have a special episode for you today. Recently, I got to be with Bonnie D. Graham on Voice America's Technology Revolution. And it was it was such a great episode because I was on with some of my excellent co-authors from our brand new Female Entrepreneurs Playbook that's just out. And uh, Bonnie's excellent, and we totally got into female entrepreneurs and making predictions, and it was kind of a fun and spicy episode, so enjoy. Check it out. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. I always feel so empowered when I hear she's going to take us into the future. Oh, my. Never even realized that. That is the voice of Ryan Treasure, VP of Broadcast Operations at Voice America World Talk Radio. And he's our engineer today. Thank you very much, Ryan. Short staff, because of the holidays. And we're doing a shout out to Aaron, my engineer who started with me three years ago. He was 26. He's 63 now. So he needed to take the day off to to rest up. Have I got a show for you today? Ladies, I haven't introduced you yet. Ryan, you got to mute your, mute your line there, dear. We're hearing the studio. Ryan, I don't think he can hear me. Everybody wave hello to LinkedIn and everybody wave hello to Facebook. We're live streaming. So I have invited back some very interesting ladies, three of the four who were originally on a couple months ago, talking about the future, not of, but for the future for female entrepreneurs. Raise or level the playing field. I'm calling this part two today, the future for female entrepreneurs a new playing field, question mark. Okay. And so let's get started. I have some opening quotes. So buzz number one from Natalie Clifford Barney, who lived until 1972, American playwright, poet, novelist, expat in Paris. And she said, entrepreneurship is the last refuge of the troublemaking individual. Oh my, ladies, nod your head if that sounds, yes, okay, we're all making trouble. Now I have a quote from Tina Fey, whose full name is Elizabeth Stamatina Tina Fey, actress, comedian, writer, producer, playwright, funny lady, smart and talented. She's a troublemaker. And her quote is, if you're not, you're not in competition with other women, you're in competition with everyone. Does that ring true? Yes, I think so. I think it does. Buzz number three is from Roseanne Barr, whose middle name is Sherry. I didn't know that. Actress, comedian, writer, producer, presidential candidate. You can't just be one thing anymore. Think about what you want your epitaph to be. You know, they say work backwards. Yes, Patty Rogers is is nodding. Yes, I think you've heard that one. Here is a quote from Roseanne Barr. The thing women have yet to learn is nobody gives you power. You just take it. Okay, I think we're all mature enough to know that that's true. And here's buzz number four that happens to be a quote from the Female Entrepreneur's Playbook. Somebody want to hold up a a copy of that book, please? Cindy, do you have the book with you? Somebody's going to hold up the book. Secret strategies from 20 plus women for building a business you love and getting paid for it. And here's the quote. More women than ever are starting businesses, yet so few are sharing how they do it. Why? Because being a successful female entrepreneur is hard work, and it comes with a unique set of challenges. Could be lack of experience, not knowing where to start, okay, money issues, hmm, not understanding how to turn your purpose into profit. We have so much to learn. So when I call your name, please just wave hello, Cindy Zulsdorf at Kokoro 
Kokoro Marketing. Cindy, welcome back. She's the ringleader here. She she contacted me. I contacted her on LinkedIn. She invited everybody. Patricia Worcester is back at Worcester Media. Hello there. Tamara Andres is back at FIT in Faith Media. And our newcomer who wasn't with us on part one, and we're so honored to have you, Patty Rogers. Wave hello. She's at B2B Digital Assistance. She's going to tell us what her company does. And so I'm asking them for their take on the future for, I usually do of, but it's for. There is a future. That's the point. For female entrepreneurs, a new playing field? Question mark? Part two. Welcome. I'm Bonnie D in the house. Happy to be here. And those of you in the U.S. who are get, or anywhere in the world getting ready to celebrate American Thanksgiving tomorrow, all I can say is be somewhere where you can fall down comfortably when the tryptophan hits you after eating too much turkey. It will make you sleepy. And that's okay. Just be somewhere safe. That's all I can say. We'll leave everything out. I don't know about masks. About I have some friends who are being required to get a rapid COVID test to prove that they don't have it 24 hours before their kids will let them into the house. I know with grandchildren, it's everybody's handling it their own way this year. That's what I can tell you. So let's go around the table and get introductions. Cindy, I'm putting you up first on speaker view. Would you please do me the honor of reintroducing yourself to the audience briefly and talk to me? What do you do? Who are you? What is Kokoro Marketing? Talk to me. Hey, Bonnie. Thank you. I'm Cindy Zulsdorf with Kokoro Marketing and Seven Marketing Basics. So I'm a formerly overworked marketing czar who turned automation expert, and now I get to help people, especially at high-tech companies who know they need to do marketing but don't have time or feel overwhelmed or don't know what to do, and so we either do that for them or teach them how so they can do it themselves. It's really fun. I love it. Are women in competition with everybody or mostly with women? Let's get an on a reality check here, Cindy. What do you think about that quote I shared at the beginning? I love that Tina Fey quote, and it completely resonates with me. And I'll tell you, when I worked on the Female Entrepreneur's Playbook, that is one of the things that came to mind is I just feel like, hey, I'm really working with everybody and competing with everybody. I actually like to collaborate with everybody. I feel like there's plenty of business out there for everyone. Um, that said, it feels like an everyone thing, not just specific to women. So Tina Fey nailed it. Thank you. I would have to. Does everybody agree with, with Tina and with Cindy? We get, okay, good. We'll, we'll go around the table on that one. Thank you very much. And let's welcome back Patricia Worcester. Welcome, Patricia. Reintroduce yourself to our audience. Go ahead. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, everyone. My name's Patricia Worcester. I'm the founder of Worcester Media, and I am a 13-time traditionally published author. And I work with entrepreneurs, leaders, and athletes to write and publish books that create an impact with their audience. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. Can you give us the titles of some of your books, Patricia, please? I think people would like to know. Sure. So I have written a book called So You Want to Be a Leader. I have written a book called Ignite Your Spark. And then my most recent book is The Right Impact, and it helps other people who want to write and publish books that create an impact with their audience. Thank you very much. You've been a busy lady. Glad to hear that. Let's keep going around the table. Tamara is back, and Tamara has a knack for every time she's on the show, she changes her promo picture with a different dress. And I wish you had worn your gorgeous yellow springtime fluffy poppy dress today because I love the white sweater you're wearing, Tamara, but that yellow dress really rocked it. So, Tamara, welcome back. Please reintroduce yourself to my listeners and my viewers. Thank you so much. I just like to pop into your inbox and give you something to smile about. And Rainbow is totally a part of my brand, but I have a new office and we're in transition. So you don't get to see my my fun rainbow background. Um, but for now, you guys will be able to see that if you go anywhere and find Tamara Andress, which is my name and also my company, uh, Fit in Faith Media. She said F-I-T at the beginning, and that stands for Founders, Innovators, and Trailblazers. And I have a passion for cultivating business and helping you broadcast that out to the world. And so from publication to podcasting and play, because everything should have an element of play, even entrepreneurship, that is how I help women and men bring to life their God dreams. And so it's been a really fun journey and I'm excited to be here and talk about entrepreneurship It's in my blood. Thank you very much. I haven't heard the word trailblazers in such a long, we hear, I, I have a whole series of radio shows I do for SAP called Game Changers. And that was something we came, came up with. And there's 48 Game Changers series about all kinds of things. And we hear the word pioneer from time to time. And we hear the word, push that glass ceiling, shatter it, move it, shift it, lift it, climb through it 
put yourself on the other side of it, whatever you have to, but trailblazers, what a cool word. Does that have any particular meaning for you, Tamara? Is it a word you chose because you're seeing them blazing that trail? Talk to me for a second. I, I love words that make a picture. What yeah, do you think? I, I am. A, I'm such a word person too. And obviously as a part of being in a group and tribe of authors here. Um, but I believe that tra- trailblazers are the early adopters. And I believe that entrepreneurs are early adopters. We're willing to take risks. We're willing to be in the front of a line. It reminds me of Moses. It reminds me of so many biblical features, but also the people that I see on a daily basis who are just willing to raise their hand first and say, I'll do it. I'll try it. I think of Elon Musk. I think of people who are just going outside of the normal parameters and they're willing to try something different that ends up being what everyone else ends up going into um, vibe with and tribe with, right? So trailblazers are people like you. They're people like Patty. They're people like Patricia and Cindy. And I get the opportunity through my podcast to interview people like that all the time. Such a joy. Very exciting. I remember when I went to work for a very big company about 12 years ago when I was on a team call, I was brand new. And the the manager, I guess we were still calling people managers in those days. Maybe that's still a word. I don't know. I'm independent now. But she said, I'm looking for somebody to lead a major video project for the whole company. Company had about 85,000 employees at the time. And we're going to do Mythbusters. It's not too big. It's not too expensive. It's not too complex. Who wants to do it? And we we were all on the phone. We, We weren't using Zoom or any visual meeting type of collaboration software. And I I think I emailed or texted or pinged her and I said, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I got a call from her the next day and she said, tag, you're it. And she put me together with a very, very well-known, very well thought of agency, a video creation agency in Pennsylvania. And I got to work with one of their senior people and we created a series of four videos that were eventually used to launch global meetings for all the employees. And I was sitting in my office and I'm hearing this video start and with the theme song and the video is flashing on the screen on these big global meetings. And I'm, I'm texting my colleagues on my team. I say, that's my video. You weren't allowed to say it was yours, but you, people knew you had done it. You know, you couldn't say, Oh, it's mine. It's mine. We didn't do that. It was a team play. But anyway, it was so funny because I got goosebumps seeing my work that I just said, I'll do it. I had, you, you think I'd ever done a corporate video with that price tag in my life? Of course not. And she said, sure, let's try it. So anyway, th- thank you for the, the trailblazer. Patty Rogers, you've been so patient. You're our newcomer. We are so happy. Somebody had to drop out from the original panel. And Cindy said, not to worry. I know Patty Rogers. And here you are. So Patty, I'm just very happy to meet you. Please I have a little bio from you, but I want to hear in your own words, what do you do? What's your business? And where are you today? Tell us. Absolutely. I am in Sin City. I am in Las Vegas in a hotel room um, with my family. So we celebrated Thanksgiving early. I am the owner of B2B Digital Assistance, which is a marketing and sales agency focusing on business automation. But even more so, um, I work with female business owners who are stuck in their own way. So basically I work with the previous version of myself because I was stuck in my own way. And I coined a term called entrepreneurial ADD, which is exactly what that is. It's people who can't like step aside and just let themselves come through and shine. So we focus on marketing and sales. You, you work with people who, who are what, who you used to be. Wow. I've never heard it put quite that way. So you trademarked, you you copyrighted, registered the entrepreneurship ADD. How, how do you define that exactly? Entrepreneurial. How, how do you define that exactly? There's no, there's no Ritalin for that, is there? <laughs> nope, there's Sorry, not. Cindy. How, how do you solve that? <laughs> lots of ways. Um, a big part of it is really being able to look in a mirror and realize that you are the problem, which is the biggest hurdle to overcome. So the women that I work with, they have to have that awareness and be able to look in the mirror and go, oh, crap, it's me. I'm the one. I am the only one holding myself in this place. And it's all the things. It's imposter syndrome. It's not wanting to do the things that need to be done to grow the the business. Analysis paralysis, we've all heard it. A ton of entrepreneurs struggle with it. I think we just had an iconic quotable moment there, Patty Rogers. Everybody mentally write this down. Huh? Crap. It's me. I think, I, I, I think you just coined a phrase that I think we 
all have wanted to use it. Maybe we've all said it and just didn't think about it. Patty, when I send you the recording, there'll be an individual audio track with your name on it. You each get one. I want you to mark it down for something like 14 minutes in. Go look for that moment, and I want you to perpetuate that, okay? Cindy likes that, too. Thank you, ladies. Now is the part of the show. We're not having any fun yet, are we? Of course we are. Okay. That's the part of the show where I've asked my guests to send me a quote from a fictional character, right, Tamara? And right, Patty, a fictional character, I know, from a movie or a a song lyric, movie or TV, somebody who doesn't exist. And let's find out how, in the words of my panelists, their own words, how these quotes relate to the topic. So Cindy Zulsdorf has sent us a quote from Salver Hardin in The Foundation, which is a 2021, this year, Apple TV Plus sci-fi streaming TV show. It is based on Isaac Asimov's Foundation TV series, and Salvor Hardin is a fan-favorite character, wise and long-ruling head of state with legendary galactic diplomacy skills. Wow. I hope one day when I grow up, I can have those. And uh, it Salvor is reimagined in the TV series, get this, as a kick-ass, I got this, kick-ass young heroine with ferocious intelligence, startling intuition, and an inexplicable Connection to the Vault with a capital V, a mysterious artifact of Salver's homeworld of Terminus with a capital T, vivaciously played by the actress Leah Harvey. Here's the quote. It pays to be obvious, especially if you have a reputation for subtlety. Cindy, I love this. How did you find this quote? What does it have to do with our topic? Go ahead, Cindy. Oh, yeah. I love that quote. I love the character in the TV show, I read those books as a kid and in the novels, in the books, the character is male. And when I saw the television show and she was there and like you said, kick ass, I love it. And so I think the context is where she's talking about someone to get a spaceship to help rescue people on Terminus. But just the quote itself is great because I think that sometimes as entrepreneurs, we think everybody knows what we do and we don't want to bother them or tell them too much about it. We get that with our clients and people in our course and stuff will say, oh, well, everyone knows what I do. No, go ahead and get out there. Um, it doesn't pay to be subtle. Just say it, say who you are, what you do and what you offer and get on out there. So I love that quote. Thank you. And I just heard that quote used, not specifically the way it's stated, Cindy, but I start, Christian Kane, who was in the series Leverage, hair down to here, he's a kick-ass, does his own stunts. He has a new series called Almost Paradise, and it's on some Hawaiian channels, but you can stream it on TV, on your your screen, on your computer. So I started watching, I had a little downtime, and there's a, a female detective. He goes to He has a hypertension problem and he has a wristband that tells him when his blood pressure goes too high. So he goes and buys a little gift shop. And what he remembered was this quaint little hotel in the Philippines on one of the remote islands. Well, guess what? It's now a big kick-ass resort. The the gift shop has been abandoned. It's dusty and musty. It's in the back. He's got to go repair and revive the whole thing. And all of a sudden he's involved in helping the police solve crimes and cartels are there and all kinds of stuff is there. You bring population, you bring all that stuff. And he said to one of the female, very attractive female detective who he's working with, reluctantly she's working with him. And she said, I have to be on a scene when you're taking down this cartel. And he said, don't be subtle, go be obvious, make your presence known, be a character in the scene. So she shows up in a bikini that was hardly even there. And she plants herself on the bow of this $500,000 $500,000 yacht. And she's sitting there with her shades and <laughs> drink, sipping a Mai Tai. And everybody noticed her, of course. And that was the point she could. Anyway, I just thought of that. Forget about subtle. Be obvious. Thank you, Cindy. Excuse me for that long, but it was just so. Love it. My Thank you. So Patricia Worcester has picked a quote from a TV show. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, 2005 German-American biographical musical romantic drama film. My goodness, did they leave any genres out? It's called Walk the Line. And the screenplay is based on two autobiographies authored by singer-songwriter Johnny Cash. His 1995 autobiography, Man in Black, His Own Story in His Own Words, and 1997's Cash, the autobiography. And here is the line. I keep you on my mind both day and night, and happiness I've known proves that it's right, because you're mine 
I walked the line. I was dying to sing that, but I didn't want to ruin the show. Patricia, help me out here. What does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. I don't know what it says about me that my quote last time was from Eminem and this time it's Johnny Cash, but um, I'm sure there's some correlation there. So I was working in corporate America, um, enterprise software sales for years before I had my first child at age 31. And when I had my son and I knew the lifestyle that I had being on the road and working at late hours and stuff, and I had my baby and I literally just lit a match to my career and was like, I'm going to do what it takes to stay home with this kid. And so I remember putting together like a video for her, his first year. And I, I found that music and I put that music to the video of him. And I remember thinking how I had built a business so that I could stay home with him. And you have to be very intentional when you're trying to get a business off the ground quickly um, when there's, um, when you're, you're dependent upon for financially. And so there's those squirrel moments and all those different opportunities and stuff, but to really build your business, you really have to kind of stay in line. And, um, so that song's always resonated with me because I think of my son and he's kind of the why of why I decided to stay home and start a business. So that's kind of where that comes from. There you go. You were a troublemaker, right? You were disrupting. You were just. <laughs> I've had just, my moments. <laughs> I, I, I hope we all have, actually. I don't think we have. I think I'm looking at all of you and I'm just going to say with affection, I hope we all have had our troublemaker moments and we're not done with them because that's what shakes up the world. And I know it's in a good way. Tamara has selected a quote from Sir William Wallace, played by Mel Gibson. The movie is Braveheart, 1995 American historical drama film. Directed, co-produced by Mel Gibson, as I said, who plays Wallace, who is a late 13th century Scottish warrior. The film depicts Wallace's life leading the Scots into the first war of Scottish independence against King Edward I of England. And here is the quote, that they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. I don't do a good Mel Gibson impersonation. Tamara, rescue me, please. <laughs> I just think of his face like marred with blue and he's like, freedom! And he's running back and forth on his horse at that point. And it is such a powerful scene. It's my favorite movie. It was hard for me to choose a fictional quote because when you're in the personal and professional development world, all you do is read what's real quote unquote, right? And so I don't even watch TV. The only movies I see are with my children. So I could have chosen something from like Elsa, but that didn't seem appropriate. So William Wallace wins because it's been one of those movies that has forever stood the test of time. And that specific quote, I feel is very prominent for the right now conversation in many different realms. Could be political, could be um societal, it could be relational, but when it talks about female uh, predictions, it's the really the knowing that we can we can be in any situation and the freedom of why it is what we do, which Patricia led that so beautifully. I wanted time freedom. I wanted location freedom. I wanted financial freedom. And it's why I do what I do on a consistent basis so that I can stand in freedom no matter how hard people try to take it away from us. I love that. Thank you very much. I remember right after 9-11, I was, um, I was on stage with a DJ at a popular disco club on Long Island, and I was there every week after one of my live TV shows on Great Neck Access TV, and I would race down Meadowbrook Parkway, and I would get there, and I remembered going in through the back door of the club. They knew me. They didn't make me pay up front, and they were waiting for me on stage, and I joined the DJ, and I looked out at all the people. It was five days after 9-11, and I said, we're here because of the freedom to be here. They didn't take that away. We're here for me to get on the parkway, get in my car, come here and just say my words and you listen and you can tell me what you're thinking. Just the freedom. It was just such a, such a, I, I can't believe I did that in front of a couple hundred people, but I, I didn't even know what I was going to say. But Tamara, that word was just right there. The freedom to speak, the freedom to gather, the freedom. And here we are. So anyway, thank you. That was, your, your quote hit me emotionally. It, it really, really tugged. So thank you very much. And Patty Rogers, let's, oh, Patty Rogers, I think wins the award for the shortest quote ever on all of my shows. Now I've been having guests and quotes for years and years, thousands of quotes, Patty. And this is a song title by Lady Gaga from 2016, recorded by Gaga, who is now, you know, this Sunday night, she's going to be in uh, the final 
Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett in concert for one hour. I think it's on CBS. I've already set the DVR. That's going to be a keeper. It's from her fifth studio album, Joanne, which is her first real name. Initially a promotional single, it was released to radio stations in October as the album's second single, written by Lady Gaga, Hillary Lindsay, and Mark Ronson. I didn't know Mark Ronson. And it grew organically. I'll tell you this in a second. It grew organically from conversations Lindsay and Gaga had when they were having a back-and-forth conversation with guitar and piano. You play the guitar, I play the piano. And the singer was asked questions about the men in her life, her father, her boyfriends, and she was wondering why they would give her, and here's the quote, two words, million reasons to leave them. But all she wanted was one reason to stay. So the quote is million reasons. Patty, wow. Talk to me. How'd you find this one? Go ahead. So it's it's the song, moreover, um, and the lyrics of the song one of them in particular, and, and of course, it's written about men in her life, but I think we can all bring it back to business, which is the whole point. And one of the lines in the song is, I've got a million reasons to walk away, but baby, I just need one good one to stay. And I think most entrepreneurs have wanted to walk away from their business at some point or another. And all we really need is one good reason, one good conversation, one good client to impact one life. And that's it. We just need one because it it can be a lot of pressure. It is, right? And the song just resonates with me. And it talks about I bow down and pray. And I know for myself, there have been times when I have bowed down to pray about my business for the strength, for the courage, for whatever I needed in that moment to keep going. And all we need is one reason to keep going. There you go. That's what we got. And we're going to have Ryan Roll in the ad from our sponsor today. Ryan, we're ready. I'm Jeff Wheelwright, tech journalist and host of the RM Viewpoints podcast. I've been documenting the evolution of the computer industry since the birth of the PC. Having witnessed the mobile revolution firsthand, it's my pleasure to be working with ARM, the company whose technology sparked it all. We bring you the latest stories from the center of the tech world. In recent episodes, I've had fascinating conversations with executives, engineers, industry experts, and futurists from both inside and outside of ARM. We've covered topics from AI, data security, software-defined vehicles, robotics, and cybercrime to the promise of 5G and the future of healthcare. And we're just getting started. Join me as we speak with an ever-expanding roster of the people at the heart of technology as we explore the evolving world of computing. Download and subscribe to Arm Viewpoints at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you very much to our sponsor. We're very happy to have you on board. And now is the time of the show where we're going to dive into, we're almost at half past, which is great. We're doing well on time. We've got predictions, 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 four from each of my guests. Let's see how many. Now, here's how it's going to work. Patty, you're new, so I'll explain this to you. I'm going to put into the chat, and I've already put in a couple of predictions, one for Cindy, one for Patricia. Cindy is going to expand about three minutes, her first prediction. And if anybody has a comment on what Cindy has shared, just wiggle your finger. Teacher, teacher, call me, call me, and I will see you. Or just yell, hey, Bonnie, stop. I want to say something. Other than that, I will go to the next one. So I've already got one teed up for Patricia. I'm going to put one into the chat for Tamara next and one for Patty, and then we'll do round two. I may take your predictions out of order based on how I think they will go into the flow of the show. So let's get this round started. Cindy told me the following, the topic, women collaborating. She says, the myth or old school way of women in competition will fall away forever. Who is perpetuating that old myth anyway, she asks, rhetorical. Yes, women will work together to forge change and create success. Cindy, you're up. Talk to us. Yes, I was working in a corporate job and my male boss came to me with a book saying, you know, you need to uh, read this book about how women really stab each other in the back at work. And uh, we don't want to have that here. And I remember just thinking, what is he talking about? I don't know, maybe that might be a thing, but that is not a thing in my world. And I just I'm wondering who is perpetuating that myth of women bringing each other down. It could be happening out there. But I, I think that there is a whole group of people who think that's happening. 
And yet what I see is women collaborating together, like this group did on our Female Entrepreneurs Playbook book. We're working together. We're rising up. We're bringing each other up. And like Tina Fey said, it's really not about being a woman. It's more about working together as a group of people. So I see that women collaborating together is going to be more and more in the future. And people are going to forge that success together by collaborating. So more female collab. There you go. Collab. Tamara, did you have your finger raised? I did. I I did. And I, I am a hundred percent on board for that. It's why I was on the female entrepreneur playbook experience and the community over competition hashtag is like constantly on my hashtag sit, uh, list. But I was actually, um, the culprit of, uh, a leader within my company when I was in my mid twenties who was constantly going behind my back and putting daggers in places that I was obviously brand new to the industry. I was 24 years old and I was going and being a trailblazer. And this person did not like it. They felt like I was stepping on their toes. Meanwhile, they're about 40 years above me in age. And I was being able to have conversations with like the CEO who they never even had conversations with before. And there was just this sense of tension. And every time I was in the same room, I would apologize. I would like do everything I could, right? Because I didn't understand what I, what was happening. And my mom taught me this when I was really young and it was constantly circling in my spirit. And I think it's something now that I own and hold very tight, tightly to in this conversation of community over competition. And it was copying is a compliment. And it's something we think is a competitive nature that if they do it too, then they're going to do it better. But we need to take it as an opportunity to realize that it's a compliment that what you're doing is so great that they too want to try it and instead just pass it off and say, yeah, go do this. And that's where my heart is as a business coach is to be able to help other people do the exact same thing because it worked instead of sitting on top of them, right? So there is such a value to that, but it's the recognition that it is happening. It did happen to me and I've seen it and heard the stories and the testimonies behind it is so sad. I so think we break the mold. I think we've all heard somebody in the next cubicle. Remember the cubicle days with the half the half walls where you could hear anything? Yeah. Oh, we got to collaborate. We can't have wall. Yeah, right. Okay. No privacy. How, how do you get everything done? Let's get everybody on the phone. Okay. That was way before cell phones, so I'm talking. And I hear my boss giving one of my ideas to somebody on the phone, a client. And he's saying, oh, yeah, we just came up with this. And I'm standing there in the next office saying, excuse me? Excuse, I couldn't say a word because he was the boss. We know how that went. I once had a, a male boss at a big bank tell me that they didn't like my clothes. They didn't like the way I dressed because most of the women wearing very expensive, very tailored business suits. And I show up with a, a sports jacket style a suit, maybe with some sparkles on it. And my silk scarf was in my hair beautiful silk scarf with a bow in my hair instead of lining the jacket on the inside of the jacket. So this boss took me took me into his office and he said, we're sending you to a dress for success class because HR has been notified. And here I was the first, it, the, the, this was a major bank who no longer has the same name. And this was in the building and Wall Street, where in the Wall Street movie with the big marble columns, this was, I was the first one on the floor every morning at 7.15. I was the first one to work. I worked like a fiend. I did develop brand new. Anyway, he took me and he said, you got to learn, you got to figure this out and we're going to give you this class and we want you to dress like everybody else. Anyway, this was a man who couldn't keep the shirt tucked into his pants. He didn't have his jacket on at work and he was constantly walking around with half his shirt stuck out. And I thought, gee, they really picked an interesting guy to to (laughs) beware the messenger well, killed it. Yeah, I almost did. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Interesting story. Thank you very much, Cindy. Great conversation starter. I'm going to move on. Patricia, I'm looking at prediction number one. You say social audio will be an important tool that female entrepreneurs use to build trust with their audience. Talk to me. Define social audio. Go ahead. Sure. So, and Tamara and I are actually, we collaborate on a social audio app called Clubhouse right now. But the social audio apps have grown so much in that, you know, we have Fireside, we have Wisdom, there's Clubhouse. And it's almost like if you take the podcast feature, but now you make it interactive with your audience. And women are great communicators. And so it's an opportunity to attract the right people to you while sort of repelling the rest. And that's why I love the social audio portion of that so much 
And I have found in my experiences, I don't even have to talk about my business. I can really stay focused on the people I'm talking to, what I call my earned expertise. And then the right people will seek me out and will see what other kinds of services and offers I have. But I don't have to go do a pitch or be salesy. It's more about just opening the dialogue with the right people. So that's why I love social audio. Very, very interesting. Thank you very much. Let me go to Tamara's prediction number one. You say, we will see more family integration into business with women traveling for business and providing outlets for education during the experiences. Tamara, unpack for us, please. This is interesting. Absolutely. And I think, honestly, Patricia's comment to social audio plays a role in this is because through social audio, in addition to the social media realm, we are really able to be anywhere. That's that freedom that I was talking about at the forefront. You can be and do anything anywhere. And the family integration piece is my husband is seeing, even as an entrepreneur who is rooted in a community, what's taking place in these spaces and the not only national, but global expansion that my business is taking on because of these access features that he's actually looking to come beneath, actually more beside, because that's what we like to do, and be able to take what we're doing on the road. And we want our kids to be alongside that, but our conversation is always around their education. We love feet on the ground. My son is considered Mowgli in the community. He never has shoes on, never has a shirt on. And so I want him to go and experience life to the abundant features that we are doing it when we travel. And so it's cultural learning. It's very different than the standard education that people are using to. Um, And so I'm really passionate about it. And I see more and more women desiring that freedom concept of life. And I think it's only going to be alongside their family, their husbands and their children. Very interesting. Any comments from anybody else? Okay, we're going to move on. Thank you, Tamara. That was interesting. Patty Rogers, I'm looking at prediction number two. You say women will be responsible for a new workforce. We will create the space to work in a way that supports our lives. Go ahead. Interpret, please. Absolutely. I think this is very similar to what Tamara just talked about and as well what Patricia talked about when she started her company and staying at home with her son. I believe it was a son, right, Patricia? Um, And I think we're already seeing it. It's already happening. Um, But it's just it's it's happening in the world. And it's also like my my story specifically. I'll talk about my daughter who when she was in, I think, second grade back to school night, she had a little paper on the wall. What do you want to do when you grow up? And it was very simple, second or third grade. And it said something like, I want to have an office and work from my home so that I can be with my children, because that's what she saw me modeling. And so for her, I was able to be there. I was able to do all of her stuff. Now I have three children and we are creating that workforce that does support our lives. We're not dropping our kids off at daycare at six or 7am and heading to that corporate bank we are running our businesses and creating this workforce that works for us in the way that we want it. We want everything to fit together. We do. And we're going to wear what we damn well please, right? That's right. That <laughs> is right. There you go. Cindy, I got a comment from Cindy. She, she had similar experience in a, in a, Cindy, you want to comment on that briefly? Oh gosh. I worked at a bank behind a counter and I was uh, a relief teller, which meant everybody who went on break, I went and and gave them a lunch break, which was so great because I learned all the different skills at the bank. And one of the male managers asked to measure the distance between my skirt and me because we were required to wear a skirt. And so I had to, it was so humiliating to get measured. It was appalling. (laughs) So, oh, no. Okay, we'll, 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 we're just visualizing that. Thank you very much. I Let's, wanted to wear pants. That's what I, I wanted to wear pants anyway. Would you believe I always wear a skirt and heels to work? It's just uh, always. And, and my, my kids, we were living in Eugene, Oregon when I had my first job. I was young divorcee with two kids. And I got my first job and uh, my kids used to say, can't you wear jeans like all the other moms, mommy? Can't you look like everybody else? And I said, no, that's just not me. At the same time, my daughter in her first grade report card got a note sent home from the teacher saying, why can't your daughter color inside the lines? We think we need to send her for remedial drawing and remedial reading. Now, my daughter, just so you know, went on to be Phi Beta Kappa in her junior year at a very, very elite college. She was number one in her medical school. She illustrated all of her medical school notebooks with hand-drawn 
diagrams of everything. She was a brilliant artist by the time she was 13 years old, and she's now retiring at under 50 to go off into the woods of Tennessee and be a woodworking farmer with her husband and her dogs. So she designed her life. But this was a kid who was, she said, mom, why can't you wear jeans? Well, I was doing my thing. She was doing hers. And the teacher had the nerve to say, why doesn't she color within the lines? Color outside the lines. We must color outside the lines. I want to encourage that. And the question is, who's drawing the lines? Isn't that the question? Right? Where'd the lines come from? Trailblazers. Trailblazers. There we are. I can't use your name because she'll be mad at me if I use your name. Anyway, let's go to round two of predictions. We have a little, we have 18 minutes left. Plenty of time. Cindy, I'm looking at prediction number four. This is very important. You say gender wage gap will disappear. Women will head, everybody listen, women will head up more Fortune 500 companies. Cindy, there's some statistics in there. You can add them, please. Go ahead. Yes, it appears that 60% of college students in the U.S. right now are female. And with that number in place, it just seems to follow that we'll have more women leaders in companies, whether that means entrepreneur, small companies, all the way up to Fortune 500. I'd love to see and want to see and want to predict that that gender uh, wage gap will go away and we'll see women in leadership uh, VC will go to women-led companies and will forge a whole new direction of women in the business, workplace, leadership, big companies, small companies. There you go. You think the world is ready for us? Tamara, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to add to that, that it's been really interesting. I also um, throw conferences and I'm a conference host and I've been trying to make sure that there is equity in the experience of who is coming to speak. And it has been very difficult um, to find women that are in the place setting that the men are in the parallel experience. And also to add to that, that there will be diverse women in those Fortune 500 as well, because I am seeing so many women of color who are just rising to the occasion and becoming the trailblazer. And so I'm so excited to see not only equity in the gender realm, but also in the diversity realm. It's going to be awesome. Thank you very much. Cindy, go ahead. Yeah. And there are varying opinions about whether a college degree is needed to be in the workplace in business. And It can go either way. So we know that people who are trailblazers and coloring outside the lines can be either way. They may have a college degree and uh, um, more education, or they may be just doing things as they, you know, making it up as they go and learning in the world. And both are good. So equally good. Um, That said, I think the college degree um, can open doors depending on the person. And so that's why that statistic to me leads me to believe that we'll see more women out there. And and there's still the mindset that you need a degree. You need some kind of piece of paper from somewhere that said you sat down like all of us did and took some classes and took some tests and earned the degree. I remember when people were saying to me, well, where's your degree in marketing? Where's your degree in journalism? And I said, well, gee, I think I forgot that. I only have three degrees. I only got a degree in psychology, magna cum laude, okay? And I only got two degrees in computer programming and operations, and two years later ran an entire statewide system. But gee, I don't have a degree in marketing or journalism, so I don't know. And here I am with, you know, four million listeners around the world to radio shows that I created and invented. I don't have a degree in journalism or in marketing. I don't know. Maybe I'm not the right person for that. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm being a little bit sarcastic experience yeah just just go out and knock down that door right break push that window up and knock down that door patricia i'm looking at prediction number three interesting you say the gig economy will skyrocket as more women leave corporate america to become their own boss and patty i know in your bio you said you're the boss you're the boss mama so patricia let's hear this prediction then i want patty to comment patricia Yeah. So I think, you know, talking about busting down the door, I think one of the benefits of COVID and being at home is corporations in general had to adjust to people working from home. So, and they saw that it it works, you know, you can set up a home office and some people, a lot of people and entrepreneurs have known this for years are a lot more productive than they are in a cubicle farm with the distractions And so when, you know, the people who hadn't really bought into necessarily outsourcing or letting employees work from home or contractors or consultants, I think their eyes were open to that 
possibility. It's opened an opportunity for women who have wanted to start their own businesses, wanted to be consultants or coaches, and still have a relationship with corporate America, but on their own terms and fitting within their own lifestyle. Some of us would rather work at night or on the weekends or early mornings, right? And be able to work when our attention and our energy is at its highest and at the same time have a certain type of lifestyle. So I think now we've got more buy-in from the people writing the checks and I see more, we have the technology to do it. And so I think we're going to see a shift here. And I think women are going to start opening that conversation up. So they may still have the relationship with the place they work now, but it's going to be as a B2B versus being a employee of that organization. I, I agree. And by the way, I like to work late nights because I call it working when the world is quiet. Fewer emails. I don't get a lot of phone calls. I'm I'm on Zoom all the time, but uh, my phone doesn't ring. But that's not the point. Fewer emails, fewer distractions. I can sit down and work at this desk. I turn the front office. Most people made this into a den. This is a 55 plus community. That's all I'm going to admit to. And this is a full office for me with bookshelves. I've got multiple monitors. I've got all kinds of devices here. I've got oh, you you wouldn't believe what I got. I got a green screen. I got this huge desk. This this is my. I call this the. This is the headquarters where it all happens. This is broadcast central. Anyway, I like to work. And I can sit down even on a Saturday or Sunday night if I don't have anything to do, six, seven at night, and just work straight through till midnight or one in the morning. I get so much done. And nobody's telling me, oh, it's late. Well, I live alone. But anyway, that's besides the point. But nobody's nobody's saying, oh, it's working hours are over at five o'clock. Didn't you get the message? No, I didn't. Let's move on, Tamara. I'm looking at prediction number two. This is a wow. You say more females will flourish in the tech world. And then you had the nerve to mention NFTs and crypto. So I don't I wish I wish we had time for a hold hold unpacking here. But how would women how does this relate? Go ahead, Tamara. Yeah, I'm already seeing incredible women who are stepping into this space. And it's been predicted by similar people who are Patricia and I are connected with with Breakfast with Champions on Clubhouse who are talking about NFTs and crypto all the time. Um, My family and I have been playing in that realm for a while now. And so just having the app on my phone is something that I'm constantly thinking about. Um, There's been predictions that within the next five to 10 years, every business will have an NFT uh, component of revenue stream. If that is the case, me as an entrepreneur, I'm already like, what can I do now so that I am a trailblazer, that I'm ahead of the curve? And so I really believe that women, based on the information that they're given and being able to rise into the financial brackets of information here, but also the revenue streams and serving, because I think that's where we like to show up most is in servant leadership. And NFTs and crypto are going to be something that need a lot of service. Um, and so I'm excited about it. I love things that are new. And um, I'm already putting into place some ideas of how it can help my business and the people that I help serve right now, rather than five, 10 years from now. Thank you very much. Serving is a really good word. Let's go to Patty. I'm looking at prediction number three. Let's spend a little time on this. You say every day, more and more women will realize how easy it is to start an online business. What'd you have in mind, Patty? Talk to us. Um, yeah, I just, I, I see there's a, there's a big difference. We're talking to women. We're all women. There's a big difference with women starting a business and men. And I was chatting with um, someone who I'm going to do some business with shortly. And, and she saw it. And the big difference is the women, and this is part of that entrepreneurial ADD and the emotion, right? We get, we allow like the judgment, the fear, the emotions to get in our way. We're typically men are just, they just go boom, boom, boom. And it has never been easier to start a business. I mean, we could do it. We could create a logo, get a business name, like get a business license and be ready to go tomorrow, early next week, maybe not tomorrow because it's Thanksgiving, but it really has never been easier. And we're seeing it every single day. We're seeing businesses pop up all the time. And I would love to hear from the other ladies what they think about what they're seeing in their own communities with female business owners. Yeah, let's go around the table. That's a really good point. And I was hoping you would start that. We have about five minutes left to the show. So this is a good point to do this. Cindy, why don't you comment back to Patty and then we'll we'll go to Patricia and Tamara and then we'll wrap up. Cindy, what do you think? Online business. I'd like to go to Patricia and circle back if I could. Oh, okay. Patricia, 
You've been summoned, my friend. Go ahead. Why, thank you, Cindy, I think. <laughs> Maybe I'll just pass to Tamara. <laughs> um, no, the, no. The, mic, the mic stops here. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's amazing because we even look at um, anyone, right? Anyone can start a business. I've got a 15 and a 17-year-old. They've both started businesses without my help. And that's how accessible those tools are. And we also then have all these resources like the Upworks and the Fivers and all those kind of websites that that allow us to hire out for one-off things. If we don't know how to do it, there's somebody out there that can do it at a very accessible, it's cheap, it's it's a one-off project, you don't have to bring on staff. And we've got all these people willing to be contractors too, right? So we can hire them just for projects and things. And the more accessibility is what you really need is you just need an idea or some expertise. That's all you need. The rest of those resources and tools are available um, so easily. So I think that it's amazing that somebody can start a business, you know, at their kitchen table with a baby under their arm and, you know, a little hustle And they can turn it into whatever they want, whether it's just a part-time little, some extra spending money, or it's like an entire empire. I mean, you know, the possibilities are endless at this point. And I will share with you that a woman on my Monday night, Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives radio show coined a term, I think it was brand new, it's called courageous creativity. Don't you love that? Courageous creativity. Cindy, you want to talk now? Yeah, thank you. (laughs) When when you were talking, Patty and Patricia, just now, I guess what was sort of welling up inside of me uh, was thinking about when I left my corporate job and just I walked out the door not knowing uh, what I was going to do the next day. Something crazy happened and I just couldn't, in my integrity, walk back in the building. And so I didn't have a plan. I just, you know, I was crying for months and didn't have a plan and then just sort of went, okay, I, I need to do something. And sort of every day, you know, hey, what should I do? What should I do? And took those steps forward. And you're right. It was possible to start a business that now is doing great, uh, supports our family. We have employees, people working in the group and just taking that idea forward and kind of one day at a time and also drawing on the amazing people around me to get that inspiration and support and help. And yes, it's possible. And thank you. We need to get Tamara's voice in here. Before, Thank you, Cindy. Tamara, I have a minute and a half for you before we start to close. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to pick out something that we haven't talked about that Patty was mentioning, which is the emotional side of female entrepreneurs. And I think that it's actually a power. And as people are standing more into the understanding of vulnerability and authenticity, we actually have an opportunity to understand and unpack what intuitive branding means. I had an incredible conversation with Sunil Godsill, who is the ultimate um, just brainiac when it comes to utilizing our intuition in everything that we do. And if we're utilizing intuition and branding, we're actually attracting people based on the magnetism of our emotions. And that's why it's really amazing for us to start via social media, via social audio by sharing our story. And so it really creates just an incredible lens of empathy and connectivity. And I think that's why females actually own the deck. They have the cards that we've got the plays. Um, guys just don't know it yet. Beautifully put. Thank you very much, Tamara. Thank you for joining me for the 7 Marketing Basics podcast. Could you take 20 seconds to rate, review, and share? It'd mean the world to me. If you want more or if you have questions, join my free Facebook group called 7 Marketing Basics. See you inside.